You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Final hour on this Wednesday. We'll talk to the Cincinnati head coach, Luke Fickle. He'll join us coming up here momentarily. News in. We just had Tom, Tom Pelissero on from the NFL Network. He must have hung up the phone and then found out that Aaron Rodgers is tested positive for COVID and he will not be playing this weekend in the showdown between the Packers and the Chiefs. Would have been nice if Tom could have told that to us and our audience before we let him go, but Tom Pelissero, the NFL Network, reporting that. So Aaron Rodgers, who uh, was vaccinated, he has uh, tested positive and he will not be in the uh, game against the Chiefs. Yeah, Pauline. We have a little more because we were wondering why, if it's on a Wednesday, could Rodgers not possibly play Sunday evening? According to Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofalo, uh, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is unvaccinated per both those reporters. That's why he is out Sunday versus the Chiefs. Wait, so what's the information that Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is unvaccinated? Oh, un- so- wait a minute. I have this quote I just sent out from the Green Bay. He said, yeah, I've been immunized, Rodgers said during the team news conference with Packers media. There's guys on the teams that haven't been vaccinated. I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. So I don't know what he was talking about, but he said that this offseason. Yeah, that was uh, August 26th that he said it, that he'd been uh, immunized. Maybe he was playing with words. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's Todd. And Tom Palacero just got back to us. We asked, any possibility Aaron Rodgers can play Sunday, or is he definitely out? Is there any window for some negative tests prior to the game? No. So, Palacero definitely out. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Spent a little bit of time talking about the uh, college rankings as the uh, committee sent out the first rankings last night, and we tend to overreact. It's just the first one here, not the last one. But you start to strategize and look at some of these teams, uh, you know, who they're going to be playing, Ohio State, Michigan State, they're going to be playing. Alabama and Georgia are going to have a showdown here as well. And I just wondered who's going to be on the outside looking in. And I thought that maybe the committee was going to leave Cincinnati out because they didn't want to put them in. They go undefeated and then they have to take them out. It's just a thought that I had when I was watching the the rankings uh, being unveiled. Luke Fickle is the head coach at Cincinnati. He joins us now. Coach, how's morale on campus today? (laughs) It's pretty good. I think uh, we had meetings this morning and – it wasn't really brought up or talked about, but uh, I'm not uh, saying they don't understand and they don't know. But uh, outside of uh, our offices, I'm not really sure how the uh, how the uh, community out there is really feeling. OK, but let's let's try to figure out what the reasoning is, because you're going to have to your kids are going to want to know, you know, that the boosters fans they are going to want to know, like, why are we on the outside looking in? You've done everything that you're supposed to do even though you had a close game against Navy and maybe you didn't dominate Tulane the way you should or whatever their reasoning is. Um, so why do you think you guys are sixth right now? That's what I leave to you guys. You guys uh, do a lot better job at talking about it and giving uh, maybe ideas and reasons and things like that. For us within the program, it's really difficult to you know spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out exactly why. Like you said, I heard you before, this is the first ranking. It's not the last one. There's a lot of games to be played. We got a lot of work to still continue to do. I think there's still a lot of opportunities. So uh, where it does generate a buzz, I think that's the biggest thing about college football is the talk in the last six weeks of the season creates a lot of energy. Um, you know, so I kind of, for us in our program, I said, guys, let's leave it to the 
the experts out there to figure out as to why and, and project who might be. And let's just try to handle our own business. What did you think of my uh, reasoning that maybe they left you out because they don't want you to stay in? You go undefeated and then they have no reason to take you out. I, maybe a good idea. You know, I think that uh, it gives them a little flexibility and a little leeway. I don't know exactly who makes all these decisions. Uh, I think they do look down the, the stretch and see, hey, they've got some really good games coming up. Um, if they get into a championship game, obviously it would be another ranked team. So I think that gives you some abilities. And they also know what other people are playing. So I don't know if they really look that far and strategize or do they just throw things out there to create a little bit more of a buzz and something to talk about. I'm not sure. And I'm wondering about this because I've said this before. It's not like Cincinnati is a great football program, but you've had pockets there. You've certainly done a great job, but you've got to go play somebody. It's 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 you're not going to get these big schools are going to go. We're going to go to Cincinnati and play you. You you said we'll play anybody anywhere. We'll go to Notre Dame. We don't care. Um, who have you tried to schedule? You just can't. You can't get them on the schedule. <laughs> I don't know. I, to be honest with you, it, it, this is year five, and uh, truly, for the first three and a half years, I said, guys, you do whatever you want. I, I'm not worried about the scheduling. Uh, I've got to do a lot of, we got a lot of work to do to start before we start worrying about the scheduling. I think last year was the first year they even started to ask about some scheduling stuff that I wanted to even talk about. And, uh, I don't know, I mean, who they've reached out to and different things like that. I know that going into the season, having Notre Dame, having Indiana on the schedule, two top 10 ranked teams, um, was something that, you know, not only excited us, but, you know, for the talking heads gave them an opportunity to say, Hey, if they have any chance, at least they've got some top 10 teams already on their schedule. Should we look for style points in college football that it's not just winning in the NFL, you just win in college football. It's well, you won, but. Oh, I, I think obviously in the NFL, there's a lot more parity. That's the way the thing is designed to be college football. Well, I'd say there's not nearly as much parity, but it comes down to a lot more of not just who the best teams are. Uh, it's who's playing the best. And each and every week, I think that's, for me, what we try to evaluate. And uh, I think the great thing that they will do in college football, and I think they have done, and I think they get it from, from the basketball side of things, is let's really try to hone in on these last five weeks and say, as that stretch goes, who's playing the best football? Because ultimately, we gotta we got to find the right, if it's four, if it's six, if it's eight, however many they end up going to. Obviously, this year it's four. We need to find the four teams that we believe are playing the best football in the last three, four, five weeks of the season. Yeah, and I pointed this out to the audience uh, earlier in the show. You know, you'll play anybody. You played Georgia, but that was in a bowl game, and you guys should have won that game. I thought you guys were the better team there. So it's not one of those where they go, uh, yeah, there's a big drop-off between Georgia and Cincinnati. And I said, not as much as you think, because you got a, a talented quarterback. you got a couple of guys on defense who are going to play in the NFL. Uh, how did you feel after that game against Georgia as far as talent-to-talent talent matching up with one of the best in the country? Well, I mean, obviously, I think the game dictated a lot of that. I think we gained some confidence, I think, in how we can match up. Um, you know, not saying that we didn't have some opportunities. Last year was a unique year that you didn't really play any too many out-of-conference games to kind of find out maybe where you are sometimes going into your, you know, conference season. Um, but I think I think what it made a lot of people recognize is you, you can't hang with the, the blue bloods, the, the top five, the top ten, if you don't have legitimately some time. You can play some good football and – you can keep some games close, but to truly, truly have a chance to beat those 
top five programs in the country, you've got to have some talent of your own. You've got to have a, you know, a dynamic quarterback. You've got to be able to play some, you know, complimentary football. And I think to me, as people continue to watch, I think that's what I want them to see from, you know, our program and what we are is, yeah, we might not have all the stars that uh, Georgia has or, or Alabama has, but you know, it's a lot about development. And you see these three, four, fifth year guys that uh, are playing really good football and have a lot of opportunities to even play at the next level. Well, are you going to say that anything to the kids today? Does, does his topic come up? Uh, you know what? I mean, at the end of practice, we'll uh, we'll make sure we we bring it up. And and I'm one of those guys that you know didn't watch the show. I went to my radio show last night and still had no idea. It was an eight o'clock radio show. I had no idea. Had not seen the uh, seen any of the the results. Had not heard about it. Didn't want to know. Um, but I also don't want to bury my head in the sand because I know our kids, it matters and it means something too. So we try to find a way that, hey, we're, we're going to make sure we're not ignoring what's going on, but hey, what, how can we use it to continue to motivate us? And you may get more publicity, Coach, by being sixth instead of four. Like yeah, almost I mean, positive publicity, like, oh my gosh, if you were four, you'd have a lot of people say, oh, they don't deserve to be four. <laughs> but when you're six, it's like you don't deserve to be six, you're getting screwed. So I guess you got to find a way that uh, it benefits you the most. And I think when you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds, it's 90% psychological. And you say, okay, now with whatever happened there, how do we kind of frame it and make sure our guys understand that we got to use this in the best way possible. Uh, do you have your standard response when you're asked about other job openings? Pretty much do. Yeah. Uh, let hey, let me uh, hear it. Let me hear it. So coach, <laughs> you know, your former athletic director is at uh, USC and uh, you interested in uh, that, that job opening. It's a great tribute to our players. I tell you what, what they've done on the football field has given us all opportunities. We got plenty of young guys that are getting calls as juniors to leave early. And uh, that's because of the people that are around them, the, how they've developed, um, you know. So when we look at it, when people bring those things up, whether it's me or our coordinators, we say, hey, it's, it's all because of the program, the team, and what they've done. All right, let, let's go around the room. How did Coach <laughs> do with that? Paulie? Guys, we, we like it. He credited the players and re went right to the players. That's original. Yeah, but it's a distraction. He's trying to take it away from him, put it on the kids. Oh. Uh, Seton, what did you think of Coach? I thought it was well played. Uh, well done. Okay. Uh, Mc, you remember, I, I – I, Yeah. Yeah, coach. I, I coached for I coached for Jim Tressel for ten years, and there's nobody that was better at finding a way around <laughs> questions and diverting them and making sure he could say what he really wanted to say. I did learn a little bit from him. Yes, McLevin. Yeah, sign me up to play. Do you need a backup punter, coach? Because yeah, I'm in. You don't know where you're going. Are you going to Cincinnati or are you going to Los Angeles? Yes, Todd. That was remarkably vague and smooth and classy. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, if you uh, you know win the national title, I'll come back. I'll be in the parade there, coach. I appreciate it. We will have you for sure. Thank you, coach. We appreciate your time. All right, Dan. Thank you. That's uh, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati head coach. They got Tulsa coming up. Don't sleep on Houston, by the way. Yes, Paulie. You know what Luke Fickle looks like he does for a living? Coach football. He's got the jaw. He looks like he could break your neck. No, he looks like Rob Riggle. Yeah, but like more, a little more intense. Well, he's an all-state wrestler. He won uh, three state titles in Ohio. When you win wrestling in Ohio, I mean, it's not Oklahoma or Iowa, but he won, I think, three state titles as a wrestler. He didn't have the cauliflower ears, though, did he? The other guys did. <laughs> the guys that he beat up. Uh... It's early in the process, but I do think the committee kept Cincinnati out. Now they're an underdog story, as if they weren't an underdog story before. By the way, uh, the World Series odds to win 
Baseball next year, the Dodgers are the favorites, followed by the Astros, Yankees, Braves, White Sox, Red Sox, and the Rays. Feels like that's what it is just about every year. Dodgers and Astros next year, the Yankees. Who knows what happens with free agency uh, here in the offseason. Once again, the big story is Aaron Rodgers, apparently not vaccinated, and he has uh, tested positive for covid and it's a Wednesday. He's not going to have the time frame, time period to be able to uh, clear COVID protocol. Therefore, Aaron Rodgers will not be playing for the Packers when they face the Kansas City Chiefs. Who carries that game? Is that Fox or is that CBS? Because NBC has Titans and the Rams on Sunday night. Because that's one of those where you go, we're going we're gonna to kill it with this rating. The Chiefs against the Packers. Yes, McLovin. Yeah, it's Fox, so... so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, Paul. You want some content? Jordan Love plays really well Ooh. against the Chiefs. Ooh. Dot, dot, dot. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. America gets... This is how I would sell that game. You know, that you would sell it that Aaron Rodgers is not playing. The Packers unveil Jordan Love. The heir apparent against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Imagine if he plays well. Hell, if Mike White can come out of nowhere and dominate, he's got his uh, encore performance on Thursday night. Signature win? Yeah. <laughs> Signature win. All right, uh, what's poll question for the final hour, McLevin? Okay, I think we should do, will Cincinnati make the final four? Or hmm. uh, basically, how many of the four teams are top four right now will make it? I'm curious what people think. Uh, you have Georgia, Alabama, uh, uh, Michigan, State. Michigan State, and Oregon. Oregon. Do you think teams will fall out? Yes. Well, let's assume Ohio State beats Michigan State, and then Michigan State drops out. If Can Oregon run the table? I don't, this doesn't strike me. Like, Oregon's had really good teams, but this doesn't strike me as a really good team. They just they had Ohio State's number. That you know, you have that big win, and you know Ohio State is still one of the you know top four or five teams in the country. Yeah, McLovin. I think you commented on it earlier, but what if Alabama and Georgia play, and Alabama has one loss and Georgia has no loss in the SEC title game? If Alabama loses, does Alabama stay in the the final four? I think it depends on what kind of loss it is. If they lose to Georgia, you know, and, and that's their second loss. Andy Staples, who covers college football for the Athletic. I'll ask him that question. We'll get him uh, coming up. But uh, once again, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID out of Sunday's game against the Chiefs. We'll take a break. It's uh, 16 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Discover the Discover credit card. And when you do that, you're going to discover that uh, they match all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, and they do so automatically. No limit on how much you can earn, which is amazing, even more amazing, because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. That means get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Well, I didn't want to be correct on this, but at the start of the season, I said, don't be surprised if a big name quarterback tests positive for COVID, unvaccinated. 
And that quarterback is not Kirk Cousins. It's Aaron Rodgers out for Sunday's game against the Chiefs. And I guess I was confused because I thought that he said when he got there in August that he had been immunized. Now, I don't I assume that meant that he had been vaccinated and maybe it was semantics. But I know that we have focused on Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's sort of been the uh, poster child for this. That, you know, when you go into the quarterback room, if you have COVID and the other players in there, they're not vaccinated and they get COVID, then who's your quarterback? I guess Jordan Love has been vaccinated because he's going to be the starting quarterback on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, we'll keep an eye on this. Uh, still trying to get some of the information in here. But uh, we do have a new poll question as a result, Pauly. Yes, on Sunday versus the Chiefs, Jordan Love will look inept or lights out. No middle ground. You have to pick which one. Inept, like, like wow, this guy is not a pro quarterback. He's not going against the toughest defense. Yes. Chris Jones is back, though. But I'm going to say that Jordan, I'm going to say Jordan Love looks Good. That's not one of the options, unfortunately. There's no middle ground on this one. I'm going to say lights out. Oh. Yes. Love, lights out. Yes, McLovin. I guess you have to wait to see who he's throwing to, right? Isn't everybody else dealing with the same issue? Yes. You got to have Devontae Adams or Jordan Love's in trouble. Yes. I'm going to, okay, I'm going into it saying that they're going to have Devontae Adams. Yes, Paul. And if Jordan Love does not have COVID, does that mean there's a rift between him and Rodgers? They weren't close enough. Mm. <laughs> In the quarterback room, they don't spend any time together. I, I, the storylines are developing uh, way too fast. By the way, the betting line, and, and we brought this up, uh, I don't know if it was at the beginning of the year, how much is a quarterback worth in, in affecting the, uh, the betting line? A big-time quarterback, well, we're finding uh, the Chiefs were one-point favorites with Rodgers, and now they're eight-point favorites without <laughs> Rodgers, facing Rodgers. Yes, McClellan. Except the Jets moved the other way when Zach Wilson got hurt. <laughs> Terrible. That's me. Wow. Yeah. Wait, so when, when Zach Wilson got hurt, the they Jets. actually improved their odds? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Now that Mike White's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. What is the betting line for Thursday with the return of Mike White for the Jets? Do we know that? Because that, that game is in Indy, isn't it? You just said the return of Mike White. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It says, I see Colts minus 10 and a half. Yeah, I'm riding the Mike White bandwagon. Western Kentucky, Hilltopper. Yes, Pauline. That's why this sport is so fantastic. That's why you, know, you talked about NFL being the national pastime. Yeah. In the course of a week, Von Miller's been traded. Aaron Rodgers has COVID. Jordan Love starting. Mike White breaks out of nowhere. And that's, that's in the past like five days. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options. Cutting a tech five-star sales service financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans built, equipped, engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile. Taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. It's always great to talk to Andy Staples. He covers college football for The Athletic and a host of the Andy Staples Show podcast. We just had Coach fickle on i asked him how morale was around the campus of cincinnati and he seemed like he was okay with this but uh if you're in, uh, luke fickle andy how should you feel that cincinnati is sixth in the uh, first uh, rankings i think you should be pissed i, I heard luke and, and he handled it well and it's interesting because luke is one of the uh the least bs spewing coaches in college football he's going to give it to you straight and i i do think in his circumstance, he has to make sure that his team is still focused, still ready to play against Tulsa on Saturday. Can't really look at the big picture too much. So I, I, I get that. But I think he should be pissed because 
what they said last night is we're not letting you in. We're probably never letting you in. There is a chance Cincinnati could make the playoff if they're undefeated. But think, think of the level of chaos that has to happen above them and potentially below them. Because, you know, you've got, a, you've got Oklahoma sitting there undefeated in the Big 12 below them. They have not played the meat of their schedule, really. They're going to have to play Baylor. They're going to have to play Oklahoma State. They're going to have to beat one of them twice if they want to be an undefeated Big 12 champ. So there's a chance they can hop up. Uh, you know, Ohio State is sitting there at five above Cincinnati. They've got to play Michigan State. Michigan, that's a chance to jump. Uh, Oregon's there. Oregon, you know, the way they've played since beating Ohio State, the chance of them dropping a game and dropping below Cincinnati feels a little higher than, than a lot of these other things. But if you're Cincinnati, you're looking at it, you're going, okay, well, shoot, if Alabama wins out and then beats Georgia in the, in the SEC title game, well, that's two spots gone. So what, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to do this any different? They went and beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame's probably going to be 11-1. and That's going to wind up being a really good win on the road. But their league is, is not that great this year. The, the American has been better in different years. I just don't know what you do if you're Cincinnati. Yeah, you can't do anything, but you can't leave it op- open to interpretation of we just barely got by Navy or we barely got by right. Tulane. You, you can't. You you got to win and you got to win impressive so they can't hold that against you. But I, I don't know if, if you heard me when I said I think the committee left them out on purpose because they don't want to have them stay in, be undefeated and then take them out for no real good reason. What do you think of that? I don't think they thought about it that hard, Dan. I, just having done the mock selection and the way, understanding the way the mechanics of that ranking works. So they kind of do them in buckets where you go three at a time. And so they did the first three. And, and what this basically means is Cincinnati was the last team in that second group of three. And I don't like, I remember when we did it, I was not even thinking about the four, five, and six teams when we were working on one, two, and three. Like it, it didn't even cross my mind of, Oh, what, what, what's somebody going to think about where this team is? Because I was just, once, once we had that group of three, once we decided those were the three that we were putting in that bucket, I wasn't thinking about the rest of them. So I think the way the discussion works, I just don't think you would have gotten that advanced where you said, okay, if we make them four, then we got to come up with a reason why they're not four anymore when we have like Ohio State jump them. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't think that's how the discussion works. Yeah, I might be giving them too much credit, but but it feels like. I mean, this is a TV show. You know these these final four. I mean, this is, these are TV games, and that's that's really important to remember. Where would you put Cincinnati if you if you had the uh, autonomy to have the top four? <laughs> I have no idea, and I I did this exercise the other night right after the games on Saturday. And I had Georgia number one, and I felt like you could put two through seven in pretty much any order, and then you give me a semi-coherent argument about it, and I'm going to be like, okay, that's that's fine. I had I had Georgia one, I had Michigan State two, I had Cincinnati three, and I had Alabama four. But I admitted, which the committee won't do, that I had Alabama four, not because of their resume, but just because I thought they were better than than the teams that were below. Well, it's Alabama I, too. Might, you know, we we a lot of this is based off of you know teams get grandfathered in. Of course, but it's not supposed to be like that, and and the committee is supposed to be consistent in how they like. If you're gonna say <laughs> we're gonna do this the way you know we're gonna act like handicappers, and whoever would be favored 
in these games, we're going to rank them higher. Well, then you'd have Alabama number two. Georgia would be one and Alabama would be two because Alabama would be favored against all of these teams except Georgia. If that's how you want to do it, then say it that way. But of course, the rest of the rankings would look different because Ohio State would be three yeah. if you did it that way. Yeah. And so don't don't say we're consistent, we're doing it this way. No, no, you're doing it a bunch of different ways for a bunch of different teams. And I get that. And I know it's hard to do. It's hard to balance when there's 13 opinions. But just admit, hey, we're not going to be the most consistent people in the world. We're doing this. The only thing they could do consistently is tell us they're not going to put a group of five team in a four-team playoff. We're talking to Andy Staples. He covers college football for The Athletic, host of the Andy Staples Show podcast. If Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC title game, does Alabama still stay in the top four? I don't think so. I, I don't think there's any chance of that. The, the, the chance of a two-loss team, two team making the playoff is essentially, if let's say Auburn won out. If Auburn wins every game left on the schedule, they would win the SEC West at 10-2, and two, and they'd have a loss to Penn State and a loss to Georgia. And then they would play Georgia in the SEC championship game. And if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, they would be in. They'd be the first two-loss team to make the playoff. But Georgia would still make the playoff yeah. in that scenario. So the, it, it's interesting because if Georgia goes 12-0 and 0 into the SEC championship game, then they are going to the playoff. They're, they're, there's really nothing that's going to knock them out. And then if they lose that game, then the SEC is getting two in. You got your uh, Heisman vote ready for anybody right now? Well, I, I mean, shoot. Will Anderson at Alabama is looking awfully good, leading the nation in sacks. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, I know the, uh, the Iowa offense is not working that great, but uh, the, the folks who know offensive line play tell me that he's the best center to come along in the last 15 years. Uh, Jordan Davis at Georgia, when he's on the field, you have to change everything you do about him. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon, you notice I haven't mentioned a quarterback yet. I may not, because I, I just don't know that there are. Uh, in terms of the quarterbacks, running backs, I thought Kenneth Walker at Michigan State made a very nice case for himself against Michigan. And if you go back and look at that game, there are times when there's not even much of a hole and Kenneth Walker's making stuff happen. So I think, I think he's got a good shot. Uh, I want to see Bryce Young in Alabama down the stretch because I think if he plays well against Auburn, if he plays well against Georgia, I think he'll have a, a very good shot, though. Again, I, I would question, is Bryce Young the best player on Alabama? Because I think Will Anderson can make a very strong case for being the best player for Alabama. Good to check in with you, as always, Andy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. That's Andy Staples, covers uh, college football for The Athletic. Yeah, you know, now is when I start to kind of zero in on narrowing the field for the Heisman Trophy. But it's been difficult because it's just like, pockets where somebody stands out and then you're on the bandwagon and then somebody sort of regresses a little bit and then somebody jumps out Georgia's defensive line I'd love to give it to a group I I said this years ago with the Green Bay Packers against the Broncos or the Denver Broncos offensive line against the Packers they dominated they won the Super Bowl the offensive line won the Super Bowl but you can't give it to the offensive line you know we have to give it to a singular person there but there are times when you go they were the most valuable people players on the field that day not Terrell Davis it was that offensive line that handled the Green Bay Packers but it's not going to happen but maybe one day I mean I fought for years that a freshman or sophomore should be able to win the Heisman Trophy and uh 
as a result, I didn't want to vote for the award. But I did talk to the Heisman Committee, and I said, look, I really strongly believe a freshman or a sophomore should be able to win the Heisman, not you got to be a junior or senior. And uh, then I started voting on the Heisman. And it really goes back to Adrian Peterson when he was at Oklahoma. And even Marshall Falk, where you're just watching something and you're going, these guys are the best players in college football. But, oh, well, you're a freshman or you're a sophomore and you're not really eligible. And I just thought, that's, that's not fair. If that's the case, then just have the award for juniors and seniors. Yeah, McLevin. Do you remember ever making a case for a defensive guy? Uh, Steve Entman, Entman, uh, Washington, Washington, right? uh, LeVar Arrington was in there, uh, and Dominican Sue. Uh, but I remember Steve Entman, when I watched him in college, I thought, oh my God, this guy was unbelievable. And then he went to the Colts and I think had knee issues and really was never a great player in the NFL. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, I think he was like number two overall. Yeah, he was, really high pick. Yeah, yeah. But he was one of those. I don't know what it is. I fall in love with interior defensive linemen. <laughs> like, like you know, that's my soft spot. When I watch college football, I'll be like, oh, my God, that guy is awesome. And it's usually an interior lineman. Yes, McLeod. You were crushing pretty hard on offensive guard Quentin Nelson back I in the was, day, too. I was. I, I, but I was crushing because I had – an NFL scout say, hey, stop talking about who's the best player in the draft. It's the guy at Notre Dame. It's Quentin Nelson. I go, really? He goes, yes, the guy's a Hall of Famer. He's an absolute animal. That guy will be in the Hall of Fame. And I go, okay. And then like the next day, I'm like, you know who's the best player in the draft? It's Quentin Nelson. But the interior guys never get that kind of attention? No, they don't. Except and Aaron Donald. I, and I'm trying to give them some love. And here's Aaron Donald, and I didn't watch any pit games when he was playing. There was no reason to. Next thing you know, it's like, uh, yeah, Aaron Donald. Okay. And then you go, oh, Aaron Donald. Here's some more information on Aaron Rodgers. Ian Rappaport says that uh, his understanding is Aaron Rodgers has been following protocols for unvaccinated players while inside the building. Okay, you know what's amazing? That this information never came out. Are reporters not around to find this out? Because I, I just assume that most of these quarterbacks, I've only heard of Kirk Cousins saying that he wasn't going to get vaccinated. And I, okay, that's his choice. But I had not heard anything about Aaron Rodgers unless we go back to when he came to camp and he said he was immunized. Yes. Uh, anything else there, McLevin? Yeah, well, Ian Rappaport tweeted that as far as he knows, he's been following protocols inside the building. But I saw other tweets, and I'm sorry, I don't know the rule, that you're supposed to wear a mask on the sideline of a game if you're unvaccinated, and I don't believe Aaron Rodgers has been doing that. Okay, here's Aaron Rodgers from his initial press conference back in uh, late August. Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of conversation around it. You know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. Okay. Can we look at the definition of immunized yeah. just so I understand? Yeah, it says to make someone immune to something, to provide with protection against or immunity from something. So that means something happens to you. And I think everyone took that as he was vaccinated. And I think okay. that was the general consensus at the time. The earliest that Aaron Rodgers can come back based on the NFL and NFL Players Association protocols is Saturday, November 13th. 
The Packers host the Seahawks November 14th. I'm going to guess that he's going to be not able to practice for this time period. Is is he able to go on Pat McAfee's show today? Is he? Is, is it Tuesday usually? Is he Im- oh, that's right. Is he immunized to be able to go on uh, McAfee's show? Because I would need shots if I'm going on with McAfee for a variety of things. <laughs> Love Mac. All right, let's take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, If you were wondering what other quarterbacks were on the roster, the number three quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, Kurt Benkert. Benkert. UVA legend, Kurt Benkert. Benkert. He is going to be the backup quarterback against the Kansas City Chiefs. Or maybe not. I don't know if they... He just tested positive, so... Wait, he tested positive? Yeah. yeah, he's out. Oh, no. Bankert? I don't know if he's out, but he tested positive on Monday. Okay, I would be checking Jordan Love right now, making sure, was he vaccinated? This brings up what I thought was the ultimate nightmare, that you would have a marquee quarterback in the quarterback room, and then if everybody tested positive. And we thought it was going to be Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Paul. I have the solution. He's down in Mississippi. He's got a lot of free time. Brett Favre. That's right. Would you come back? I to thought play? you were saying Philip Rivers. <laughs> yeah. He's he's in Alabama, I think. He would listen. And I've seen Favre in that uh copper fit. I mean, it looks he looks all right. You know, be able to trot him out there. Yes, McLovin. They I remember they lost Adams and Lazard last week to yeah. COVID. Yeah. So it's around that building. Yep. Yeah. Would I come back? Of course. <laughs> Can you reach out to Philip Rivers? Am I vaccinated? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm immunized. Of course not. Am I vaccinated? Of course not. Am I immunized? <laughs> sure. Of course. Yes, McClellan. What did you think of that uh, message from Philip Rivers saying that he would listen yesterday if the Saints called? Sure. Why not? Yeah, I think you kind of like that match. Yeah, you know, I would have liked Teddy Bridgewater a little bit better, but, uh, you know, they. Weren't going to bring him in. Uh, Our good friends at Panini, the hottest rookies, the biggest superstars, all-time greats. There's only one place to collect them all. Panini trading cards, for instance, classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, hottest rookie cards. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. Final results of the poll question, McLovin. Will Jordan Love have a great game or a terrible game? (laughs) 70% 70% say a terrible game. <laughs> we gave no in-between as an option. Well, I, I'm assuming that they're going to have their receivers back and you're facing the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Didn't Jordan Love have some Patrick Mahomes-like qualities? <laughs> now we can, we can match them side by side on Sunday. Uh, let's see. Jeff in Detroit joins us. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? What up, though? One time for Chat Row. First of all, I do congratulate you on going into the Hall of Fame for Chat Row. You boys look good. Sue's selection was excellent. You guys did the thing, man. Congratulations, DP. What's this Jordan Love situation? I'm hoping that he balls out to the point where everybody has the uproar. Because I'm figuring like this. The more turmoil I can cause the better it is for us. I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with the Lions, but they were just cursed, flat out. And, and bottom line is we're just cursed. I've gotten to the point, Dan, that I found myself rooting for Aaron Rodgers, and I don't. I, I usually don't do that. I mean, what's going on is bizarre in the world. Dan, do you realize that since finally Jim Caldwell, that the Lions are 13, 37, and 1, <laughs> what a percentage of 25%. For God, I, I, uh, do you believe in curses? Because I honestly believe we curse. Somebody got to do something. All right. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Good luck. It doesn't matter if Aaron Rodgers is in COVID protocol. It doesn't help the Lions. Lions, <laughs> even COVID, even, no, doesn't help the Lions. They're, the the Lions are in uh, victory, victory protocol. Like they they can't get one. They're trying to get vaccinated. They, they want to get a victory here. V for victory, V for vaccination for the Lions here. Yeah, Paul. I, I can't wait to see the uh, media availability with the management and coach at Green Bay today. Because uh, they're going to have to make themselves available. That's going to be a wild scene, getting yeah, their stories together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this fall, we collaborated, uh, collaborated with Sportique, great clothing company, and uh, limited edition items. We got a bundle that includes sweatpants, a hoodie, a flask that says win or lose, we celebrate, limited edition shipping box, handwritten note from me. There's only a few left. It's a great gift for the holidays, available at danpatrick.com. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie. A couple of Minnesota-related ones. 1989, your Minnesota Timberwolves played their first NBA game. They lost to Seattle, 106-94. Uh, 1998, Minnesota elected Jesse the Body Ventura, a former wrestler, as its governor. And uh, the obligatory Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice of the Niners became the first NFL player to catch 1,000 career receptions, 1996. Hmm. Wasn't prior to that Art Monk, was he the, like he had like 890 catches? I remember also he had a a record for most consecutive games with a catch. I don't know if he had both. Yeah. Uh, Greg Maddox became the first pitcher since Sandy Koufax to win back-to-back National League Cy Young Awards. And uh, the first to do so with different teams. Cubs in 92, Braves in 93. Kobe Bryant became the, at the time, youngest player to make an NBA debut. He was uh, 18 years of age, and uh, he made his debut against the Timberwolves. So the Timberwolves' first game was was against Kobe Bryant as an 18-year-old, Paulie? Did you have the Timberwolves' first game was on this date? Yeah, but they had uh, they played the Seattle Supersonic. Oh, okay. I was going to say, did they coincide there? And um, Nick Foles threw for over 400 yards and seven touchdowns as the Eagles beat the Raiders on this date in uh, 2013. Yes, McLean. That was the weirdest game ever. <laughs> I don't think Nick Foles threw seven touchdowns in the next seven games. <laughs> uh, Jesse in L.A. Hey, Jess, what do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Hey, bud. 
Uh, I know I'm a little, I'm a, I know I'm a little late, but I have to tell to say congrats to you on the Hall of Fame. Oh, thank you. I'm Dan Nation when I say that your contributions to the audience of your career are appreciated in the greatest of ways, and it's so well deserved. Even though Fritzy thinks of you as suction, which is gross, um, but also congrats to Alan Atlanta and the rest of the Braves fans. Thank you for shutting down the Astros with those key injuries. It's incredible. And finally, to build my NFL offense, I'll go against the grain a little bit. Aaron Rodgers, Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, Marshall Falk, Travis Kelsey. Congrats again, Dan. Thank you, Jess. So uh, modern NFL, modern day NFL picks there. Yes, yeah, you never built uh, your I did offense, not. Dan. I did not. You still got some time. All right. Um, so who's my quarterback? <sighs> Don't let me down here. You've said it several times over the years on the show anyway. I shouldn't have to help you out. All right. Dan Marino. <laughs> Craig Morton. There you go. Uh, John Elway is my quarterback. I'll go. See, it's hard because people don't remember Jim Brown. And, and you know, Jim Brown when he played as opposed to, is he better than Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith or Walter Payton? Um, you know, that's tricky. Plus, you don't know who your head coach is. What kind of system are you that's running? <laughs> like, pass, so much goes into it, this. Is it a passing attack, a running attack? We more run first. Um, I'll take Barry Sanders yeah. as my running back. All I've done for you. <laughs> I just throw him. You don't even have to be serious about it. I know you like Barry Sanders better. Just that's, throw why, me. that's why I threw Barry Sanders okay. in mine, because I wanted you to like mine more. Well, I will say this. <laughs> of all the great running backs who've ever kissed me on the mouth, there's only been one, and that was Walter Payton. I'll take it. <laughs> best kisser, best running back. We were in New Orleans for the Super Bowl, and Walter Payton sees me, and he goes, Dan! And he runs over, and he kisses me on the mouth. Give me a big hug. He kissed me on the mouth, and I went, God, I hope Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders and Jim Brown aren't around. That's the way running backs kiss. That could have been you, Paulie. Oh, so jealous. <laughs> Uh, you can't go wrong with Jerry Rice as a wide receiver. And uh, obviously you go with Edelman. Nah, I can't put him in there. <laughs> uh, I think Randy Moss is the most talented wide receiver of all time. I just, I, nobody comes close to him. And as a result, he probably didn't live up to the expectations uh, because of that. But he, he, there was something special about him. My tight end, my all-time tight end. Uh, I guess I'll go Gronk or Gonk. Uh, <laughs> although Kellen Winslow was pretty special. I think you're making a big mistake there. Thank you. I, I Shannon Sharp was great for two teams. Thank you, Todd. Um, I'll go Kellen Winslow. Can you he, believe we got you to do this? Because he, I, I didn't, I went kicking and screaming. <laughs> I did not want to do this. Uh, what did I learn on today's program, Todd? Gus in L.A. lost a bet to Seton, and for his shower of shame, he will have to pour honey, then sand all over himself. What we learned brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, the 2021 Mercedes-Benz SUV family. Takes no time at all to set up a test drive at your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, best or nothing. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for joining us. For Seton, Paulie, Fritzy McLevin, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. One more item, we close out the show, Simply Safe Home Security. Well, they were named the best home security system of 2021 by U.S. News & World Report. This is what's great about this job. One of the great things is you get to partner with great people. 
great clients, great products. So when I tell you about Simply Safe, I truly believe it because it's simple, simple for you to set up, and it's safe. Simply Safe, biggest discounts of the year coming up. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. There's no long term contracts or no commitments, no fine print, no pushy salespeople. It's really easy, an easy way to start feeling a little bit more peace of mind for you and your family. Take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday sale and get 40% off your new home security system. Go to simplysafedan.com. Simplysafedan.com. That will give you 40% off your entire system when they know that you listen to this program. The offer ends soon. Simplysafedan.com.